Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866 609 3711. All right, this is episode number 52 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, December 23rd. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having Serious negative effects, serious negative reactions to the vaccines. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashmanshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. All right, before we get to the news this morning, let me just say, if you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live because they couldn't find what they wanted where they lived. Well, that's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire process of purchasing a vehicle online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now, that having been said, there is new video out. There's an attorney named Joseph D. McBride. Now, when I did local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, I interviewed him. He is the attorney for uh, Richard Bigo Barnett, one of the January 6th protesters, a fellow from northwest Arkansas. He's also representing several other people. And Mr. McBride has been suing in federal court to get video released of the police beating up peaceful protesters 
on January 6th in a tunnel. I think they, didn't they say it's close to the, the West Terrace? Anyway, a federal judge this week ordered the feds to release the video. And when they did, we see an outrageous scene. An outrageous scene. Now, let me, let me explain to you what's in this video. Because I put it on my Facebook page, and Facebook, which of course is not when you see the video, they didn't put, they didn't, um, they didn't allow a thumbnail. So I got a lot of comments, people saying, nope, no video, it's gone. And I had to say, well, no, no, just click on the link. The video's there. They just don't want, they just won't let you see the, the thumbnail. So you got this big white rectangle on Facebook because Facebook doesn't want you to see the video. They want people to look and, and say, oh, well, there's no video. But there is if you click on the link. Anyway, when I saw it late, late last night on Twitter, I did an internet search to see how you can grab a video from Twitter. Because I was concerned that when I got up this morning, Twitter would have deleted the tweet or even suspended the attorney's uh, Twitter profile. I mean, if they did it to President Trump while he was still in office, what would, you know, why would they not do it to this guy? But thank God they didn't. Anyway, let me tell you what you'll see on this video. A woman named... Victoria White was pushed into the tunnel. She was then brutally beaten by a police officer. They're not sure what his name is. They call him Officer White Shirt because everybody else was wearing dark shirts, but this guy was wearing a white shirt. He hit her dozens of times with a baton. He punched her in the face five times. A defenseless woman. She's pulverized simply for wearing a Trump hat. This video is, let's see, it's uh, five minutes and nine seconds long. And on the right of the video, as soon as the man who is getting hit by the police is able to jump up and escape the tunnel, this officer in the white shirt turns to Victoria White and begins his assault on her. Ryan Nichols, who's a gentleman being represented by Attorney Joseph D. McBride, Ryan Nichols saw an incredible amount of violence perpetrated against helpless women and men in that tunnel. The video and facts regarding Officer White Shirt clearly demonstrate the animus that multiple members of the Capitol Police held toward Trump supporters on January 6, 2021. Victoria White was pushed into the tunnel and desperately tried to escape. She never raises a finger to the police, never commits an offensive act. She is simply stuck, and they know it. So what do they do? They attack her mercilessly, and there's nothing she can do about it. An officer wearing a white shirt 
in a room full of officers with dark shirts is always the highest-ranking officer in that room. He sets the bar for everyone else to follow. And here in this video from January 6th, he did just that. He set the tone and the example for the horrors that would follow. When he pulverized a defenseless woman that was half his side, pardon me, that was half his size simply for wearing a MAGA hat. She has hit approximately 35 times over the course of 4 minutes and 30 seconds while appearing to be begging for mercy the entire time. She is hit with a baton while facing away. She is hit with a baton while facing forward. She is speared and poked with the baton about the face so as to inflict maximum pain. She collapses more than once and is stood up by the officers only to be maced and beaten again. At some point, the officer in the white shirt puts away his baton not because he's showing mercy, but because he has a clear avenue to her face. So at that point, he unloads on the defenseless woman, punching her five times in five seconds directly in the face with all of his might. This is an evil man that should be stripped of his position of power and sent to prison for his crimes. Instead, the people who came to her aid and others like her are languishing in prison in pretrial detention. So, that is the narrative from Attorney Joseph D. McBride, and I've watched the whole video, and that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Now, what is being done to her, to people like her, to people who tried to come to her aid? They are being mercilessly prosecuted, by the radical prosecutors at Joe Biden's Department of Justice. And you wonder, you wonder why people at sporting events are yelling, F Joe Biden. Now, uh, a gentleman gave me a, a T-shirt yesterday. Let's go, Brandon, T-shirt. And in case you're wondering how Let's Go, Brandon got to be a thing, I'll tell you. So things were so bad, things have been so bad, with our economy, with our uh, freedoms going away in this country, that at ball games in the year 2021, people started chanting, F. Joe Biden using the F word, even at ball games in um, deep blue areas like uh, New York City and uh, in Boston. And so there was a uh, an automobile race of a few months ago in Talladega, Alabama, and a young fellow won the race. His name happened to be Brandon, and so he was being interviewed after the race, by young some young female NBC sports reporter, hey, how does it feel to win a Talladega? You know, how does it feel to win your first big race? And he's really excited. And the whole time, there are thousands of people in the stands chanting F. Joe Biden, realizing, I guess, some of them that they're on TV. 
And so, so she says, this is so exciting. And, and, you know, obviously the, uh, the crowd here is, is cheering you on They're They're chanting, let's go, Brandon, which is stupid because they weren't chanting, let's go, Brandon. They were chanting F Joe Biden, which she had to know. So ever since people have been making fun of her, by instead of saying F. Joe Biden, saying let's go Brandon. So anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway. Yesterday, a friend of mine gave me a let's go Brandon t-shirt. My wife's like, well, yeah, you know what that means, though. I'm like, well, yeah, but, I mean, this is what people say who don't want to use the cuss word. She's like, well, right, but it still means the same thing. I'm like, okay. So I got to thinking late last night. So we're not supposed to use obscenities. We're not supposed to use cuss words. The Bible's pretty clear about that. And yet we're furious. And yet we're furious about what is being done to our country, what is being done to our freedoms, our liberties, what is being done to our fellow citizens, including those who are languishing in jail, some of them for almost a year, Denied bail, even though they're charged with nonviolent misdemeanors, denied bail because they happen to agree with Donald Trump that the election was obviously stolen. Some of these people didn't even go inside the Capitol building. So what is what is the appropriate response in cases like this where Clearly, we have very evil people in charge of our government. And we're furious with them for denying our rights. Freedom of speech, you know. These people, many of them charged with nonviolent misdemeanors, not going to have trials till sometime next year. Denied bond because they happened to agree with President Trump the election was stolen, which obviously it was. What should our response be? Well, you know, you know, the Bible says to pray for our leaders. But I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Not all prayers are intended to Ask God to do good things for bad people. You know, the Psalms in the Old Testament, in the middle of the Bible, you have the Psalms, 150 Psalms. And some of those Psalms are called imprecatory Psalms. Now, imprecatory Psalms invoke judgment, calamity, or curses upon one's enemies or those perceived to be enemies of God. Now, this Biden regime, the FDA, just the other day, okayed people buying abortion pills by mail. This Biden administration intentionally left Americans in Afghanistan to the tender mercies of the Taliban, intentionally left thousands 
of legal residents of the U.S., people with green cards, behind in Afghanistan to the tender mercies of the Taliban. This Biden administration left thousands of Afghans who helped us for years behind to the tender mercies of the Afghan of the Afghan Taliban, and instead allowed thousands of people in to this country without being vetted. The people of the Taliban wanted to get on the planes to come in. This Biden administration, I played you the um, audio yesterday of, of Joe Biden yelling at the press because uh, the price of insulin was so high, and yet he's the one who overturned President Trump's executive order bringing the price of insulin way down. This Biden regime, who obviously is trying to weaken our military, this Biden regime that lies saying that in the 12 months Joe Biden has been here, the economy has done better than the first 12 months of any president in years, when we all know it's done worse. We all know the price to heat your home, the price to put gas in the car, the price of groceries, everything's going through the roof, and it's intentional. So they're really evil people. Not to mention, not to mention, the worst, how pro-abortion they are. how they want people to have abortions all nine months for any reason whatsoever. It's evil. They have blood on their hands. Not to mention the fact they are trying to make people take these vaccines, trying to make people take these vaccines, even though they know over 20,000 people have been reported to the vaccine adverse events reporting system as having died from the vaccines. They're evil. So what are we to do? Or we're, we're not supposed to use obscenities, not supposed to use cuss words. We're supposed to pray for our leaders, but that doesn't mean necessarily praying for good things for them. There are a number of psalms in the Old Testament that are called imprecatory psalms. Have you heard about this? Yeah, you pray for these people. But they're evil. You don't pray that God blesses the evil. Let me give you an example one. Let me give you an example of one. Uh, Psalm number 69. It says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I've come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me, those who attack me with lies. What I did not steal must I now restore? O oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me. O Lord God of hosts, let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me, O God of Israel. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach 
that dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to my soul. Redeem me. Ransom me because of my enemies. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all known to you. Reproaches have broken my heart so that I I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food. And for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. Let their own table before them become a snare. And when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see. And make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents, for they persecute him whom you have struck down, and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of my God. Pardon me. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. A lot of these people being held in the January 6th jail are believers in the Lord. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah, and people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. So he is calling down judgment on these evil leaders who are persecuting him. Interesting. So if you go to church and you hear people say, well, we got to pray for our leaders. Okay. Sure do. Well, how about this kind of prayer? I just think it's insane. I think it's crazy to go to church and to hear somebody say the same old, 
Lord, please give uh, our president and our Congress um, and the president's cabinet and the wisdom to do the right thing. I just, I don't, I mean, they stand against. They stand against everything that has anything to do with their creator, with the Lord of the universe. What do you mean give them wisdom to do the right thing? They determined to do the wrong thing. And not not because it's a mistake, not because, no. They're evil. They're evil. Let me give you another one. Again, we're told, okay, you, you shouldn't cuss people out. You shouldn't use obscene words. Well, you should pray for your leaders. Okay, all right. But do you ever hear people pray the imprecatory psalms in church for their leaders? I certainly don't. How about this one? Psalm 109. Pardon me. Be not silent, O God of my praise, for wicked and deceitful mouths are open against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I give myself to prayer. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for my love. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be, let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Well, you're, you might be saying, Doc, that's not nice. Hey, I didn't write it. That's not nice, Doc. That's not appropriate. That's, hey, 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 hey. Your problem's not with me. Problem's with God. This is Psalm 109, in case you're unfamiliar with it. It's from God's Word. There's more. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. But you, O God, my Lord, 
Deal on my behalf for your name's sake. Because your steadfast love is good, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is stricken within me. I am gone like a shadow at evening. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt with no fat. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they wag their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love. Let them know that this is your hand. You, O Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you will bless. They arise and are put to shame, but your servant will be glad. May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as in a cloak. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng, for he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. You know, I got to tell you, of course, we're told in the Bible to pray for our leaders. But at no point does it say, yeah, but just ignore all those imprecatory psalms. Don't pray for them that way if they're, if they're evil. At no point does it say that. So why? So why do we not hear this kind of prayer in our churches. Why? Why is that? I want to know. I want to know. You know, we had a guy in office for eight years, Barack Hussein Obama, who went to uh, an annual banquet sponsored by Planned Parenthood, biggest abortion provider in the country. They kill over 300,000 babies a year And the president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, said, God bless you, Planned Parenthood. Was anybody, were any churches, I'm sure there must have been a handful somewhere in the U.S., praying these imprecatory psalms on an evil man like that? Let me give you just one more. This is a short one. Uh, Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning, give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice, in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness, evil may not dwell with you, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes, you hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. And I think about the fact that Biden left Americans and Afghans who helped us behind in Afghanistan on purpose. I think about the fact that Biden said there was no way to avoid our 13 service members being killed by that suicide bomber. It's intentional. Now, here's the rest of Psalm 5. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. 
They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. Strong words. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Yeah. They're called imprecatory psalms. And there are a whole bunch of them. In the... uh, Right in the middle of the Bible. And frankly, the imprecatory psalms, I think, are more satisfying than chanting F. Joe Biden anyway. You know? They get into a lot of detail. May his days be few in office. May another one take his place. I mean... Just prayers. Just prayers. And we're a peaceful people. But God's not always peaceful. He's got the whole world in his hands, you know. And he lifts people up into positions of leadership, and he takes people down out of positions of leadership. Right? And so... We pray that God will deliver us from this evil regime that stole an election. And they did steal it. You know that. We pray that God will deliver us from the evil regime that's trying to force people to take a dangerous vaccine. You know what I'm saying? Let me see. There's a guy over in Twitter who has the uh, he has a handle Rising Serpent. He says the CDC is pushing third and fourth boosters. Fauci wants you to disinvite your family from coming over for Christmas. Trump wants credit for the vaccines. Joe Biden says nobody could have seen this coming, and not a single testing kit to be found anywhere. It's like no one learned anything in two full years. Yeah, that's what it's like. That's what it's like. Um, So it's interesting. Trump has some things to say now about the vaccine that, you know, I hope. I hope they don't come back to haunt him. We'll, We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But I I, got to tell you, we talk about the evil that this regime has done. We talk about the evil the Obama regime has done. So let me ask you, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, what they call the Affordable Care Act, actually actually make your health care more expensive? 
Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions, you need to get a hold of my friend Art Wilborn. He's got a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You click on that website. You see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Wow. This is serious about saving you money on your health insurance. So there's a little button button there that says schedule call now. You click the button. You book your free consultation. And my buddy Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Simple. Also, really great thing about getting an insurance plan from MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, unlike with a lot of those Obamacare plans, you're not saddled with having to cover things that would offend your deeply held religious beliefs. No abortion. Okay? Again, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, Click the button, schedule your call, schedule call now, get your free consultation, and Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You will be glad you did. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, President Trump spoke yesterday to uh, Candace Owens. And um, this is a rough one. Uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come back to haunt him, especially if he's planning on running for president in 2024. It went something like this. In terms of big pharma, which is a huge topic on the minds of, of mothers, especially you're seeing what's happening at these school board meetings. Where do you stand on these vaccine mandates? And obviously, I know that you are you are pro-vaccine. Obviously, you did everything you could to get this vaccine out. I know it was where you one of the, the greatest achievements. We did it in less than nine months to be able to do that. Yeah, but where, but now it's years. taken a twist, right? It's, it's gotten now we went from this is a good thing and people should have this option to military men, you're going to have to resign because you're not getting this vaccine. Where do you stand on that? Well, I stand on, forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom, but at the same time, the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. We would have had a 1917, remember the Spanish flu, killed perhaps 100 million people. Actually, it ended the First World War because the soldiers were, a lot of people don't know that, the soldiers got so sick. It was a terrible thing. There were no vaccines. There were no anything. I came up with a vaccine, with three vaccines. Mm-hmm. All are very, very good. Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. And yeah, we more saved- people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah. under Joe Biden, right. than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how... Well, no, the vaccine worked, but yeah. some people aren't taking it. The ones, the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take their vaccine. Come on, man. Come on, man. As each day passes, more and more people in this country have family, have loved ones who got the vaccine and got very sick. And here he is saying, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Here he is saying that's not happening. It is happening. 
And that's a shame. Because this guy did a lot of good things in his four years in office. And they stole the election from him. He should still be in office. But saying this kind of stuff is not helping him. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. No, no. A lot of people who got the vaccine are getting it, and it's not a minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. Yes, they are. Stop lying. I don't care who it is. I call balls and strikes on the Doc Washburn show. Yes, they are dying. The vaccine adverse events reporting system reports over 22,000 people have died in this country after taking the vaccine. And... That reporting system is voluntary. So how many have died from it who whose deaths haven't been reported to it? I'm telling you, when Biden did his speech the other day, giving credit to the Trump administration for developing the vaccine, they're going to hang this around his neck. And you're thinking, oh, doc, doc. They, 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 they can't do that because they've been pushing the vaccine, too. Yeah, watch when they back off of pushing the vaccine. Watch when they say, well, you know, there have been too many negative res, re, results here, and they're going to blame it all on Trump. And he's walking right into it. Oh, Joe Biden said something nice about me. Oh, that's great. The country needs to heal. Thanks, Joe. He's setting you up. Mr. Trump, he's setting you up. Masking of children. That's that's a big I, one for moms right now. I think it's a terrible right thing. I think it's a terrible thing. That flies in the face of science. The kids have a virtual 0% right. chance of dying of COVID, and yet they're insisting on these vaccine mandates. I mean, I'm sorry, on these um, the masking vaccine, mandates yeah. and now the, even the vaccine mandates for small children. Right. And what's going on there? I think what's happening is you look at the masks where... Fauci and a lot of other people said masks don't mean anything. All of a sudden, he becomes a radical masker. I don't like to see the kids with the masks on. They're sitting in school. They have a hard enough time sitting in school. It's like China. I've been it's, to China. Uh, well, and yet China's education system is a hell of a lot better than ours. You know what? They're rated. What? It's an indoctrination system. Number two or three, and we're rated number 44. But masking children, I mean, no, that, the way it looks, right? It doesn't look like a free country. Um, uh, I'm against it. You know, at this point, I hope he doesn't run. Because he's doubling down, he's tripling down, he's quadrupling down. Oh, the vaccines are wonderful. Oh, you're not going to get sick. Oh, if even if you do, it's going to be very mild. And yet people are dying. And yet people are having uh, serious adverse reactions to the vaccines. And he's saying, no, 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 that's not happening. Well, sir, it is happening. It is happening. You know, he does rallies and, 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 and he promotes the vaccine at the rallies and his own supporters. You got, you got to be, you know, I mean, you're a Trump supporter if you go to a rally, right? His own supporters are booing him, and he's not getting the message. 
He's not getting the message. So, what are you going to do? Well, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, just a few minutes ago, Peter Ducey from Fox was doing the job that most reporters refuse to do with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And it went something like this. Thank you, Jen. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Eve, Eve. Eve, Eve. Yes. Uh, So why is the president saying about this new variant, nobody saw it coming, nobody in the world, if that's not true? Well, first I would say that... um, uh, Nobody saw, knew that there would be the number of different variants. Nobody knew exactly how transmissible they would be. We, of course, knew that there would be additional variants at some point coming. We didn't know what they would look like. But we've been preparing for a range of contingencies all along throughout this process. That's why we have had ample vaccine supply. That's why we have had ample uh, mask supply and why we have worked to ramp up aggressively our testing over the past few months. Come on, Jen. Come on, Jen. There's more. Fox News' Peter Ducey with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Okay, and then about the testing and the contingencies, why is it that you guys are promising 500 million tests next month if you haven't even signed a contract to buy the tests? Well, we have no concern about the contract being finalized. Uh, We're just working to finalize the contracts. We just announced this two days ago. But there's no... We don't see any issue or or any halt uh, to getting that done uh, and to finalizing that. That's a natural part of the process. What I can tell you, Peter, about the process to date, because I know there's been a lot of questions about this, is that uh, when we saw a surge in demand in Delta, we took additional actions to expand the -the over-the-counter test market. You may not remember this, but if you look back to the period pre-Delta, actually a lot of these testing companies, there was so little demand, they were laying people off around the country and around the world because there was not demand. What the president also did was uh, use the Defense Production Act to invest $3 billion to ensure we were upping the market so the market would have the capacity to produce more tests. And also, as you know, the FDA approved aid tests. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had the capacity to do what we're doing for January. Do you believe anything she says? All right, here's more. Let's see if we can get this one. Uh, More Peter Deuce with Jen Psaki. But if it's so easy to uh, get the tests, why don't people have them now? Who here decided that Americans were going to want to have access to these tests in January as opposed to now before they go home for Christmas? Well, Peter, what we've been doing over the course of the last four months, even before the president's announcement two days, is massively increasing our testing capacity, quadrupling since the summer. And what the announcement was the president made just two days ago was making the biggest investment of any, for certainly for us and probably from any country in the world, to address what we see as a surge in demand for tests. This is not just happening in the United States. This is happening all around the world where there is not enough testing capacity. And we have taken steps that are more significant than any country in the world so that we could have the testing needed to meet what people are looking for. Wait for it. Wait for it. Peter Ducey on the case with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And as we understand it, there's going to be a website that people can go to starting next week. There are a lot of Obama alum that work here. Is anybody that was Don't know any of them. Yeah. 
Uh, is anybody that was involved in the creation of healthcare.gov going to be involved in the creation of this new website? Oh, 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 oh. Healthcare.gov was the uh, Obamacare website that just crashed and burned almost immediately. They spent zillions on it and just went down in flames. This is hilarious. Well, let me, I don't know all the staffing particulars about the creation of the website. What I can tell you is that we've been planning for the website to be ready when tests start to be ready. And the te- the website will ensure tests are available equitably and that they will be obtained with ready access. Uh, that is what we're trying to do as we are designing, finalizing the design of the website. We're obviously not going to put the website up until there are tests available. Okay. <laughs> until there are tests available. <laughs> Laura <laughs> uh, <Lord> Peter Doocy. <laughs> Playing with Jen Saki like she's a ball of yarn and he's a cat. Ah. And then just one final topic. Uh, is the president taking crime in big cities more seriously now that a Democratic member of Congress, Mary Gay Scanlon, has been carjacked at gunpoint? Well, let me first say that we're relieved that she was not injured, and the president called her and spoke with her this morning as well. It is absolutely unacceptable for any American, whether they're a member of Congress or not, to be victimized by crime like that. We have been stepping up federal law enforcement efforts uh, for some time now, obviously prior to uh, this carjacking. Uh, and we're, while we're, we're giving communities historic levels of funding through the rescue plan to fight crime, make neighborhoods safer by supporting programs to interrupt violence, hiring a law enforcement officers and providing them with the resources and tools they've asked for. We're also helping communities through initiatives like the COPS program, which is putting a thousand more cops on the beat. And the president's proposal on his budget is to add almost $300 billion in funding for these programs, more than it was even under the last president. But you got George Soros prosecutors who are letting violent criminals go. So, you know, you throw all the money you want at it, it's not going to do any good. She don't care. One last shot from Peter Ducey. And so just, if I may, final one. If the president is giving big cities historic levels of funding and members of Congress are going home and getting carjacked at gunpoint, then what else can the president do or what else is the president going to do to keep people safe? Well, this is a priority for the president. I want to be clear that this proposal for additional funding for the COPS program has been something the president proposed several months ago. Obviously, we'd love to get that passed in the budget next year. We'd love to continue to step up a range of the programs we've had around the country, strike forces that have been helping individual cities, uh, working with law enforcement partnerships to help individual cities, and that's something we're going to continue to do. The president has never supported defunding the police. He's always been an advocate for adequate funding and ensuring that police departments and community uh, policing programs have exactly what they need come on man give me a break give me a break i like this response here somebody called nancy she says biden's staff and spokespeople have no hope of keeping up with his disorderly tangled and confused mind right Right. That's true. That's true. The whole thing's jacked up. And they don't care. They don't care. Um, oh my goodness. 
A guy named Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E, uh, talk show host out of Iowa, who was nationally syndicated at one point. I think he's on The Blaze now, which is kind of like being nationally syndicated. Um, and he's responding to President Trump's comments now about the vaccine. He says, Trump has made it clear this week that at least for now, because with Trump, everything is always negotiable and on the table, at least for now, he's going to choose his ego over his base. It remains to be seen how long this scenario lasts, and then will anyone else in the GOP emerge to exploit it? The fact that he's just, just doubling down, tripling down, Vaccines are wonderful. They're safe. You don't get sick. And if you do, you don't get sick bad. I don't know, man. No, you heard the quote from earlier. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. That's what Trump said. Well, yeah, they are, sir. Yeah, they actually are. Sorry about that. But they actually are. I mean, how he doesn't get that. And again, again, the concern is that the Democrats are going to hang this around his neck if he runs again. That's the concern. That's the concern. Anyway, I just thought I should share all these things with you. So, this, uh, <laughs> I had some fun last night. I had some fun on Twitter last night. And so I guess it's about time we do this. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Yes, 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 yes. Tweet of the Day brought to you by Red River Your Way. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online. You figure out the payment plans, whatever works for you. And they drive it to you. Anywhere in the USA, they'll drive it to you. So the tweet of the day, to get to it, to get to it, first of all, we got to start with the tweets that lead up to it. So there's this guy named Ron Flipkowski, and he's a big old liberal attorney. And Ron, Ron Flipkowski has a real problem with conservatives. Most liberals do. Most liberals do have a real problem with conservatives. Okay? So uh, Ron he's talking about the Turning Point USA recent uh, meeting as Charlie Kirk's organization 
He says the overall message slash theme to mostly college-age attendees of Turning Point USA's America Fest Four Days is get married young, have lots of kids, don't go to college, don't get vaccinated. The media and doctors are all liars. Arm yourself heavily to fight tyranny. Communists run the country. So this gal named Lisa Ann says the amount of people who claim to be patriots and love America but won't do their part to contribute to a safe and healthy community is astounding. Then a guy who goes by Big Mac says the amount of people that claim to be educated yet blindly follow whatever government says is astounding. And somebody who calls himself laces says the amount of Fox News viewers, but he says faux news, like F-A-U-X, like F-A-U-X, like fake news viewers who think they know more than actual the actual doctors and scientists is astounding. Educated people can think critically and have self-awareness. That's how you don't fall for crackpot conspiracies. And he's a big lib, and he has a picture here of a guy named John Cleese who was in Monty Python. He has a quote. As if John Cleese said these words, If you're very, very stupid, how can you possibly realize that you're very, very stupid? You'd have to be relatively intelligent to realize how stupid you really are. This explains almost the entirety of Fox News. Now, I look at this, and I know that John Cleese didn't say that because that's not how he, that's not how he speaks. That's not how he talks. And so I did an internet search for John Cleese in Fox News. And the closest I could find was an article in which uh, somebody on Fox News was quoting something that they didn't realize was from, from Monty Python, and he kind of made fun of her. But he didn't say what this guy said he said. So I responded... I never cease to be amazed at how many people believe a famous person said something to confirm their confirmation bias simply because someone posted a picture of him with a made-up quote. And so this Laces guy comes back with a link to the article about the event that I'd already looked up. John Cleese mocks Fox News after they fall for Monty Python joke. And he said, he says, I screenshotted this interaction in case you decide to delete having your ass handed to you. Well, see, the problem was that the article that he linked to did not have the quote that he says John Cleese said. And there's no evidence anywhere on the Internet that John Cleese ever said what this guy said he said. So I decided to have a little fun with him and use some Monty Python lingo myself to point out that this guy is wrong. So the tweet of the day was me saying, Look, matey, I know a fake quote when I see one, and I'm looking at one right now. The article don't even enter into it. It's a stone lie. Now it's my turn to do screenshots. Hashtag pining for the fjords, LOL. Now, if you're not a big Monty Python fan, 
you probably have no idea what I'm referring to there. So I go to YouTube. Monty Python, their their most fam- their 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 funniest thing they ever did, Monty Python for the young people, was an English comedy group that had a television series that uh, ran in America on PBS about 50 years ago. And the funniest thing they ever did was the parrot sketch. The guy going into the pet shop complaining about the dead parrot. So I'll play a little bit of it for you. Hello, I wish to register a complaint. Hello, miss. What do you mean, miss? Oh, I'm sorry, I have a cold. I wish to make a complaint. <laughs> sorry, we're closing for lunch. Never mind that, my lad. I wish to complain about this parrot what I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. Oh, yes, the Norwegian blue. What's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's dead. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's resting. Look. Look, my lad, I know a dead parrot when I see one, and I'm looking at one right now. No, no, it's, it's not dead. It's resting. Resting? Yeah. Remarkable bird, the Norwegian blue. Beautiful plumage, isn't it? The plumage don't enter into it. It's stone dead. No, no, it's resting. All right, then. If it's resting, I'll wake it up. Hello, Polly. I got a nice cuttlefish for you when you wake up, Polly Parrot. Then it moved. No, it didn't. <laughs> that was you pushing the gate. I did not. Yes, you did. Hello, Polly. Polly. Polly Parrot, wake up. Now that's what I call a dead parrot. No, no, it's stunned. Look, my lad, I've had just about enough of this. That parrot is definitely deceased. And when I bought it not half an hour ago, you assured me that its lack of movement was due to it being tired and shagged out after a long squawk. Pining for the fjords. Pining for the fjords? What kind of talk is that? Look, where did it fall flat on its back the moment I got it home? The Norwegian blue prefers kipping on its back. It's a beautiful bird, lovely plumage. Look, I took the liberty of examining that parrot, and I discovered that the only reason that it had been sitting on its perch in the first place was that it had been nailed there. <laughs> well, of course it was nailed there, otherwise it muscled up to those bars and boom! Look, matey, this parrot wouldn't boom if I put 4,000 bolts through it. It's bleeding demise. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's pining. It's not pining. It's passed on. This parrot is no more. It has ceased to be. It's expired and gone to meet its maker. This is a late parrot. It's a stiff Bereft of life, it rests in peace. If you hadn't nailed it to the perch, it would be pushing up the daisies. It's run down the curtain and joined the crowd invisible. This is an ex-parrot. Well, I'd better replace it then. If you want to get anything done in this country, you've got to complain to your blue in the mouth. Sorry, Gov, we're right out of parrots. I see. I've... I see. I get the picture. I've got a slug. Does it talk? Not really, no. Well, it's scarcely a replacement then, is it? Listen, I'll tell you what, tell you what. If you go to my brother's pet shop in Bolton, he'll replace your parrot for you. Bolton, eh? Yeah. All right. 
Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. My tweet of the day, <laughs> using Monty Python to make fun of a lib who put a fake quote out there on Twitter. People do it so often. Today's tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to online with the payments that you like, and they will drive it to you anywhere in the continental United States. All right. I mean, because, you know, look, how many millions of Americans instinctively believe whatever they see on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, or whatever. I'll never forget. Several years ago on Facebook, somebody put up a quote of the great singing star, Celine Dion, saying horrible things about America saying that she couldn't stand our flag and, you know, how America was awful. And people were saying, well, you know, get the heck out, go back to Canada, don't let the door hit you on the rear end on your way out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I thought, that doesn't sound like something she would say. So I searched around a little bit on the Internet, found out it wasn't true. I found out who the original person was who posted it on Facebook. And I commented in response to this post saying, look, she didn't say that. We'd all be upset, rightfully so, if she had, but she didn't say that. And immediately, the person who had started the lie about Celine Dion had my comment marked as spam. In other words, hey, buddy, I got a good thing going on here. Don't don't goof me up. I'll never understand why people just believe stuff they see on the Internet without checking to see if it's true. You know, I've had people send me private messages on Facebook. Did you ever get this about the 28th Amendment? And President Trump wants everybody to get behind this and wants you to send this to all your Facebook friends. The 28th Amendment. Well, the first time I got it a few years ago, I did a simple Internet search. I found out it was an urban legend. It wasn't true. Been around for years. So I would respond to people saying, hey, it's great to hear from you, but um, next time before you just forward something, because at the end of it it says don't even think about it, just hold the the button down and send it to everybody in your address book. I say, uh, you know, next time before you forward something like that, why not take just 60 seconds just to check and see if it's true? And I would get responses like, well, how would I do that? And so it dawned on me that um, a lot of people know how to use Facebook but don't know how to search for something on the Internet. You don't have to use Google. You can use Bing. You can use DuckDuckGo. But you type in the words, and you click Enter, and you search, and articles come up, and news items come up, and that's how that works. Anyway, I guess I've <laughs> I guess I beat that one to death, right? Okay, anybody remember Ari Fleischer? 
Ari Fleischer, for a while, was White House press secretary under George W. Bush's administration. And he's on Fox News a lot. And so he's out there this morning on Twitter saying it's time to be blunt. There's something wrong with Joe Biden's memory. He doesn't remember his generals telling him to leave 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. They did. He must not remember saying in September he would provide 300 million COVID test kits. Now he says no one thought of it. He says these are matters of enormous consequences, but, well, he uses the words our president. I won't call Biden that. Let's call him our usurper because that's what he's doing. Our usurper does not or cannot remember what he was told, what he said, or what he did. We're in big trouble. Yeah, so you're just now coming to this conclusion, Ari. Yep, you're right. Welcome to the party. Yeah, we are. And yeah, he is. And I go back to what I said earlier today. We're told in the Bible to pray for our leaders, but it's not really real specific. There are a lot of prayers in the the Psalms, the Old Testament, calling for God to take them out. So, um, so take that into uh, consideration. Take that into consideration. So, Dr. Robert W. Malone. Dr. Malone is the guy who invented the mRNA vaccines and RNA as a drug. And he's on Twitter, and he's linking to this article from scientificamerican.com, article entitled, The Risk of Vaccinated COVID Transmission. Pardon me. The risk of vaccinated COVID transmission is not low. And he says the actual data is beginning to triumph over scientism and the cult of Fauci. The risk of vaccinated COVID transmission is not low. And a quote from the article, after my son got sick, I dived into the data, and it turns out vaccinated people can and do spread COVID. So a guy responds. a citizen of the U.K. who says he's a biomaterials science researcher and lecturer, says nobody ever said any different. Pretending that they did is not very honest. Well, no, this guy's not very honest. Oh, I've got plenty of people saying different. Biden, Fauci, let's check it out. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These- so obviously, obviously. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. That was what Biden said. That's a lie. Vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. So that's Fauci and then the head of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. Of course they said that. 
really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. That's Bill Gates. It's not true, though. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Uh, That's uh, Rochelle Walensky, CDC director again. And here's more from Bill Gates. The key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When- but people are getting the vaccine and then getting COVID and then transmitting it. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If- That's not true. If you're vaccinated... You're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. That's not true. Plenty of people have. Plenty. Plenty of people have. So, but unfortunately, like I say, unfortunately, um, even President Trump is pretty much saying, hey, they're really safe and they're great and... Um, I just don't think it's going to go well for him. I just don't think it's going to go well for him. Anyway, be that as it may. I mean, I, I, I got plenty more. I got more from Bill Gates. I got more from Fauci. I got more from Biden. But let's take actually uh, take a look at this article here. The risk of vaccinated COVID transmission is not low. Subtitle, after my son got sick, I dived into the data, and it turns out vaccinated people can and do spread COVID. And it's written by Jennifer Fraser, an AAAS Science Journalism Award-winning science writer, authored the Artful Amoeba blog for Scientific American. She has degrees in biology, plant pathology, and science writing. She says, my two-year-old tested positive for COVID last month. My mind-numbing and costly project to keep him uninfected prior to his vaccinations had proven an abject failure. Oh, no. Oh, no. She had a two-year-old vaccinated? I'm sorry. Um, this woman's insane. She's crazy. I'm going to try to stick with this, but that's child abuse. Anyway. She says, my two-year-old tested positive for COVID last month. My mind-numbing and costly project to keep him uninfected prior to his vaccinations had proven an abject failure. I was angry and surprised. During the time he was likely infected, he had only been around vaccinated people when indoors. Although we know the absolute risk of serious illness in young children is low, there are many other causes for concern as a result of unvaccinated infection, multi-system inflammatory syndrome, which she says is MISC, long COVID, silent organ or brain damage, psychiatric or chronic disease later in life, and damage to smell. She says, while I'll never know exactly who infected my son, his infection drove me to discover something that only came into focus in late October, the risk of vaccinated transmission is not low. She says once infected, vaccinated people seem to transmit COVID similarly to unvaccinated people. There's no reason to suspect the same isn't true for children, the youngest of whom are still not eligible for COVID shots. 
But wait. But wait. She said she got her two-year-old vaccinated. Anyway, she says, and yet many vaccinated people are walking around this holiday season thinking their immunizations are force fields that not only protect them but also shield vulnerable loved ones. They are not. She says it's vital that people responsible for the health of for the health of unvaccinated children, as well as people at high risk of infection, understand this. COVID vaccines make it less likely you'll get sick, and especially unlikely you'll get very sick. But vaccinated people, whether they have symptoms or not, are contracting and spreading the virus in non-trivial numbers. She says, if I could do things over again. I would not have allowed my son to be around even vaccinated people indoors without masks. Well, she's getting exactly the wrong thing here because masks don't work. Oh, I can't. I can't. I just, I can't do that anymore. Masks don't work. Now, he's talking about the boosters. Risk of severe disease and death. Rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children. He says some countries are using boosters to kill children. Which is not right. Then the equity issue comes here. Instead of boosting a child in high-income countries, it's better to vaccinate the elderly in countries who have, uh, the elders who have, who have not been vaccinated, even the primary vaccines. So the equity issue should also come into, into play. Did you hear this? He says some countries are using boosters to kill children, which is not right. That's the head of the World Health Organization. Have you heard about this on the news in the last 24 hours? Really? No, you haven't, have you? Is Fox News even talking about it? Anybody on talk radio talking about it? Well, you know, I bet you Bongino's talking about it. My guess would be Mark Levin will talk about it. I'm sure Glenn Beck will, but the news. Anybody to talk about it on the news? I about guarantee you Fox News Radio won't talk about it because they're just as liberal as anything else on the radio. They're running by you again. Of its benefits, especially with elderly uh, groups, uh, senior citizens, especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death, rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children, which is not right. Some countries are using boosters to kill children, which is not right. What on earth I mean, that's the head of the World Health Organization. Why did he say that? Is there any explanation anywhere? Does anybody have any explanation for this? I mean, not that I know of. Oh, the BBC. Here's what the BBC says. The World Health Organization has rejected as 100% incorrect social media claims 
that its director general thinks COVID vaccine boosters are being used to kill children. A brief clip from Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Press briefing on Monday is being promoted by online anti-vaccine activists as evidence of vaccinating children is deadly. Addressing the rollout of COVID vaccine boosters, he said vaccinated, vaccinating old and vulnerable groups in developing nations was a higher priority than offspring booster shots to children in high-income nations. Dr. Tedros said, quote, It's better to focus on those groups who have the risk of severe disease and death rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to children, which is not right, unquote. However, he stumbles on his words at the end, which makes it appear as though he is suggesting booster jabs kill children. A World Health Organization spokesperson told the BBC that Dr. Gabriesis got stuck on the first syllable, chill, and it came out sounding like kill. The spokesperson says he repeated the same syllable with it coming out, kill children. Any other interpretation of this is 100% incorrect. Well, I'm sorry, but um, the first syllable of children is chill, not kill. So that, uh, that really doesn't pass the smell test, does it? But I'll run it by you again. No, I'll be happy to run it by you again. And you see whether he's actually saying what he's saying. Especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death, rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children. Some countries are using to give boosters to kill children. I don't know. I can't call it, fams. I ain't gonna lie, fam. Can't call it, Holmes. I don't know. Did he just stumble over the first syllable of the word children, even though the first syllable of the word word children is chill, not kill? I don't know. Now, I'm getting some comments here on the Podbean app. Somebody says, sounded like he started to say kill, but wanted to say children, Freudian slip. Another one said, but why did he say it wasn't right? Well, if you're going to take what the World Health Organization is saying, that it just it was, you know, he slipped up on the first syllable of the word children, he was saying it wasn't right because the boosters need to be given to the, the elderly and infirm and not to children. Uh, let's see. Brad here says he probably believes it's to kill children, but wanted to say, to the media, children. I think he believes the booster is to kill people, not just children. I don't know. I don't know. Now, if you're like me and you're saying, well, how can you stumble over the first syllable of the word children 
when you say chill children instead of kill children. Well, you got to understand this guy didn't grow up in an English-speaking country, okay? As a matter of fact, he didn't even grow up in a country where the predominant language is from Latin at all. See, English-speaking people have a lot in common with people who speak Italian or French or Spanish or Portuguese or German or Norwegian or Swedish or Romanian even. We all, all of our languages come out of Latin. So this guy grew up in Ethiopia, right? So it's possible that to him, because, you know, he has a very thick accent. So it's possible to him that chill and kill sound alike. The official languages of Ethiopia are Afar, Amharic, Oromo, Somali, and Tigrinya. So there, there, there's no... There's no comparison between these five official languages of Ethiopia and English. Some, you know, maybe he did. Maybe he did just stumble over the first syllable of the word children. Whether he did or whether he didn't, I just felt like I needed to share it with you, you know? Because he's he's a bad guy. No way around that. He's a bad guy. No way around that. Now, let me just remind you, um, when you get a chance, I want you to go to my personal Facebook page, Doc Washburn on Facebook, and I want you to look at that video of the Capitol Police beating Nonviolent protesters, for that matter, beating a woman mercilessly on January 6th and ask yourself why they didn't want that video out. Why they didn't want that video out. Now, there's a young woman on, uh, <clears throat> on Twitter calls herself Kennedy Edwards, And she says she is a wife, proud stepmother, unapologetic Michigan caucus libertarian. And she is actually the county chairwoman of uh, LP, uh, Liberty, Libertarian Party of, uh, of H, LPOH, Trumbull County Chair. So... She she looks like a real person. I don't I don't think this is a bot. Let me find out where Trumbull County is. Cause I want uh, I want to tell you what she's saying here. Okay, in, in Ohio. So she is a county chairwoman of Libertarian Party in this county in Ohio. 
She says, my mom works for a doctor with his own independent practice. He got $2 million this year for, quote, COVID research, unquote. And do you know what that research is? Sending patients test results to the CDC and then never knowing what happens after that. This is a money-making machine. And where's the money come from? Your pocket and mine. Our tax money. Speaking of which, Senator Rand Paul has come out with his 2021 Festivus report uncovering $52 billion worth of government waste. Yesterday, Senator Rand Paul released his 2021 Festivus report, which detailed a total of over $52 billion in government waste. Senator Paul is chairman of the Emerging Threats and Spending Oversight Subcommittee for the Homeland Security and is on the Governmental Affairs Committee. This marks Senator and Dr. Paul's and the subcommittee's seventh edition of the Festivus Report, which the senator described as a way to alert the American people to how their federal government uses their hard-earned money. Areas of spending are broken down into various sections, including COVID-related spending, Afghanistan, and miscellaneous expenditure. Examples include over $11 million spent by the U.S. aid on telling the people of Vietnam to stop burning their trash. Also, Congress giving the Wilson Center, which throws swanky parties for members of Congress, $14 million, and over $465,000 granted by the National Institutes of Health to Reed College of Portland, Oregon, to create a token-based economy where pigeons are taught to gamble with slot machines. Where pigeons are taught to gamble with slot machines. $465,000. The report begins, Happy Festivus. How can 2021 already be coming to a close? What a year it's been, and it's safe to say that some big changes have occurred since last year's Festivus report. Mask mandates, travel restrictions, and lockdowns were lifted across many parts of the country. Biden was inaugurated. Inflation has skyrocketed. The Kardashians finally ended their TV show after 14 years, Dad Bod was officially added to Webster's Dictionary. How about the federal government? Well, unsurprisingly, it managed to keep spending money we don't have on things we don't need. Rand Paul told the Daily Wire, it seems like just yesterday the national debt was $20 trillion, but now the U.S. has managed to breeze past $28 trillion, spending and wasting more than we ever have. While some in Washington insist on recklessly spending your taxpayer dollars, I will continue to shed light on some of the most egregious examples of government waste and fight against excessive federal spending. Based on the reported government waste of over $52 billion, Senator Paul pointed out that with an average taxpayer bill of over $15,000, the federal government wasted the taxes of over 3.4 million people. He says that's roughly 
the population of Los Angeles, California, Chicago, Illinois, or 50 times the size of Senator Paul's hometown of Bowling Green, Kentucky. The report stated that over $40 billion and counting was wasted on COVID-19, including over $4 billion in bad loans out of the Paycheck Protection Program, as much as $36 billion in wasted unemployment insurance payments, and $1.27 million in COVID relief funds for students who actually were not enrolled in one Baltimore school. Miscellaneous wastage amounting to more than $8 billion included $250 million to build border walls in the Middle East to North Africa, $179 million for the State Department to fund green energy programs in Africa, and $200,000 to teach France to teach France about U.S. culture. Yep, they're just spending money like it's growing on trees. They're trying to bankrupt us. They're trying to take us down. And you know, one of the concerning things here is that so many people in Congress don't have a problem with that. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, I used to do local talk radio station in um, Little Rock, Arkansas. And the U.S. congressman representing Little Rock, Arkansas and Central Arkansas, this guy named French Hill, and he got elected in 2014. And... He was going to be a fiscal conservative, and he was going to bring the um, bring the federal budget to heel. And of course, instead of that, I mean, it's just blown out of proportion. I guess he wasn't able to do much with that um, under Republican or Democrat presidents. So we're $28 trillion in debt now, right? I mean, what's going to happen, because China apparently owns most of our debt, when they uh, call in the loans? I, uh, I shudder to think, you know? I can't imagine what will happen at that point. I also can't imagine that it matters to too many people in Congress because they don't seem to be trying to do anything about it, whether the president is Republican or, or Democrat. So I'd throw that out there. It's just something to think about. Something to think about. Um, now, the great Victor Davis Hanson is in... He's in uh, American Greatness today. And I think I need to share this with you. He says, please stop the coup porn. Subtitle, military officers should quit all their coup porn talk, C-O-U-P. 
either to remove a president they don't like or to protect their own reckless insurrectionary behavior or to project their own reckless insurrectionary behavior onto their political opponents. He says, in a recent Washington Post op-ed, three retired generals, Paul Eaton, Antonio Taguba, and Stephen Anderson, warn of a supposedly impending coup should Donald Trump be elected in 2024. The column seemed strangely timed to coincide with a storm of recent Democrat talking points that a re-elected Trump or even a Republican sweep of the 2022 midterms would spell a virtual end of democracy. Ironies abound. He says, from Election Day 2020 to Inauguration Day 2021, we were told by the left that democracy was resilient and rightly reared the nation of Trump. The hard left, for one of the rare times in U.S. history, was now in complete control of both houses of Congress and the presidency. Spiking inflation, supply chain shortages, near record gas prices, open borders, the flight from Afghanistan, multi-trillion dollar deficits, and polarizing racial rhetoric all followed. In response to these events, Joe Biden's popularity utterly collapsed. His own cognitive challenges multiplied the unpopularity of his failed policies. In reaction, the left again pivoted. It suddenly announced that should it lose congressional power in 2022 or the presidency in 2024, democracy was all but doomed. Apparently what changed Democrats' views was that democracy was working all too well and expressing widespread public disgust with the left. Even more ironies followed. The three retired generals shrilly write of the dangers of insurrection and coups. Yet the FBI found no such insurrection or conspiracy in the buffoonish riot on January 6th. Only serial media misinformation and lies turned a ragtag band of misfits into an existential threat to the nation. He says almost every media talking point turned out to be untrue. No Capitol Police officer died at the hands of the mob. Early reports that Officer Brian Sicknick had been beaten into a coma by protesters were incorrect. The Washington, D.C. medical examiner ruled Sicknick died the next day of a stroke. The media all but ignored the lethal police shooting of a military veteran and unarmed petite female trespasser for the apparent crime of trying to enter Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office through a broken window. There were no gun-toting insurrectionists arrested inside the Capitol. Another irony. The three retired generals say nothing about the Russia collusion hoax in which Obama administration officials at the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the CIA helped to seed a fake dossier paid for by candidate Hillary Clinton's campaign. Ex-British intelligence operative Christopher Steele's made-up opposition research was designed first to derail Trump's campaign, then to disable his transition and finally sabotage his presidency. All that seems rather coup-like. In truth, coups were regularly discussed during the last four years, but only in the context of a 
by any means necessary way of deposing Donald Trump extra legally before his term ran out. In August 2020, two retired officers, John Nagel and Paul Yingling, urged Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley to remove Trump from office if Milley felt it necessary after a contested election. Both officers know, knew both officers knew that the law forbids Milley from inter- interfering in the chain of command given his mere advisory role to the president. Yet Milley himself had dangerously violated his purview at least twice. He once ordered subordinate officers to report to him first, should Donald Trump consider any nuclear action against China. And General Milley additionally called his Chinese communist counterpart to warn him that he would tip the Chinese off about any preemptive American strike on China. Earlier, Rosa Brooks, a former Obama Pentagon legal official, wrote a now infamous essay in Foreign Policy magazine listing the choices available in removing Donald Trump from his less than two-week-old presidency. Among the possible means, she listed a potential military coup. Article 88 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice forbids even retired military officers publicly attacking or disparaging their current commander-in-chief. Yet several retired generals and admirals serially did just that during the last administration, smearing their president in every imaginable way, from being a Mussolini-like fascist to a veritable Nazi. The officers published in the Washington Post are clueless as to why the military is now suffering its most dismal public approval ratings of the modern era, with only 45% of the public registering trust and confidence in their armed forces. The nation is clearly not blaming the courageous soldiers in the enlisted ranks, but it has had enough of the Pentagon's loud top brass who seem more interested in stirring up political divisions at home than adopting winning strategies in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya, or deterring China and Russia. The officer corps, too, often broadcasts its woke credentials calibrated for career advancement. Top-ranking officers upon retirement, too, predictably head for corporate defense contractor boards and procurement lobbying firms. To restore the military's reputation, officers should eschew politics to focus on restoring strategic deterrence and military readiness. They should keep clear of divisive domestic issues. They should stop virtue signaling to the media and influential members of Congress. But most importantly, officers should quit all their coup porn talk, either to remove a president they don't like or to protect their own reckless insurrectionary behavior onto their political opponents. Yes, projection is a thing. Projection is a real thing. There's no question about that. All right, we talk a lot about things that government doesn't want you to know. We talk a lot about things the healthcare establishment doesn't want you to know. Let me tell you about the best kept secret in American healthcare. And I availed myself of this healthcare shortly after I was in a serious rear end collision on Colonel Glen Road in Little Rock, Arkansas last Friday afternoon. 
Here's how it goes. Let me ask you something. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have vertigo? Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you naturally tilt your head to one side or the other because that's how you feel comfortable? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and neck pain. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs about 2 ounces, so it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system, and yes, even your circulatory system, and it can cause migraines and neck pain. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, because people listen to us in all 50 states, go to the website, turnmypoweron.com, to find a doctor close to you. Turnmypoweron.com. You will be glad you did. All right, now, next. We are couple of days away from Christmas, and um, we don't plan to be here to do a show tomorrow on Christmas Eve. So I wanted to share with you what this is all about. And I recall... When I was little, in our public elementary school, we still did a little um, Christmas program where we actually were allowed to read the Christmas story in public school. They got rid of that after not too long, unfortunately. Anyway, in the the Gospel of Luke, in the New Testament, the second chapter, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So that is the story of Christmas from the second chapter. The second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And with this, and with this, we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas, and we look forward to being back, God willing, on Monday, December 27th, and we're so thankful for the opportunity to come to you unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered, able to say things that we couldn't say when we just did local talk radio for Cumulus Media. There are certain things that would get you fired if you said them on the air, even though they were true. So with that, you've been listening to Episode 52 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, Simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the 10th. Much the way it is, Thursday, December 23rd, 2021.